0: Hi everyone, welcome to Reproducibility. This is our fourth Journal Club episode where we're talking about estimating reproducibility. Um, So I'm joined by Amy Orban. Hello. And Sophia Cruvel. Hi. Was that at least better than last time?
1: Wait, better than what?
0: <laughs> better than my pronunciation of. Oh, Zemez. I think I still still,
2: Yeah, I think you're still stuck on this. I think it's fine.
0: I mean, but, it's but it's fine close isn't to... good enough for me. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a whole. We're talking about, this. <laughs> talking about science now. Talking about science. So this week we're talking about the open science collaborations, uh, multi lab study, the estimating the reproducibility of psychological science. Um, I'm not going to do what I did in the first episode and read out the full author list because Mm -hmm. that would take most of the episode. Um, So this was a really nice study in the sense that it goes beyond some of our previous episodes talking about questionable research practices and highlighting what's kind of wrong with the field and things that point out that a fair proportion of the research might not be reproducible um, and actually goes ahead to examine how reproducible published findings are. Um, So to start off with, I think something that's really important to cover that is usually missed in talking about replication research is the distinction between direct and conceptual replications. Would either of you like to describe?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I guess the idea is that a direct replication follows the original study as closely as possible, Um, Whereas a conceptual replication might try to get at the same effect, but with different methods.
1: Yeah, I guess like the direct replication is, yeah, you use exactly the same methods, you're going to repeat exactly the same thing to answer exactly the same research question. And then conceptual replication would be something like, oh, somebody has developed a paradigm like um, self-concept deprivation. I don't know. If that sounds um, social psychology esque. Um, and you then do that in a slightly different way. So like, oh, they manipulated mood, and I'll r- manipulate room temperature. And but then the problem is, is that if it doesn't work, you don't know whether it was because the room te- like your experiment didn't work, or is it because the concept was bad, or was it? You know because um, your manipulation um, actually doesn't have any effects and so actually people like Chris Chambers in his book um, The Seven Deadly Sins of Psychology um, actually spend quite a lot of time explaining how direct replications are just so key for our field because they're the only way that we can test you know, the replicability of our studies, and that conceptual replications, while they might seem good because you're kind of extending the knowledge of the field, um, they're actually worthless and kind of making sure that what we're studying is actually real.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think with conceptual replications, it's like a, it's almost like a double bluff almost, you get this kind of Oh it didn't replicate so therefore it was the context or something was different and therefore the the real effect must still be there are or...
1: you must change a wo- you know you can't you need to you need to change the words of the phrasing of the first question in like a minute amount because you know we're testing such um, sensitive topics. Yeah. Um, but so then, but then, what if one of them—the key things—is having flair?
2: You know, <laughs> then it becomes difficult.
1: Then yeah, it we'll does we'll, become difficult, we'll yeah. stop being <laughs> ironic. Um, and, yeah, say that um, direct replications are really, really important. They're very much underestimated. Um, I don't think a lot of PhD students or early career researchers would like get you know a lot of positive input if they say oh i want to do four replication studies before i start my phd research um but it is really crucial and that's why this article is just so great yeah
0: i actually think that probably more phd students do if not direct replications but an extension that requires a direct replication so kind of we wanted to add in this covariate or so on but can't replicate the original effect in the first place um, <laughs> Amy just threw her hands up.
1: Because um, it happens to so many PhD students, doesn't
0: it? I, I think most. I mean, in so in my field, um, attention bias towards threatening stimulus is is kind of the big driver of the field. And yet, everybody uses a slightly different variation of the task. If you try and criticise one task, then this this kind of, oh, if it's not the dot probe, what about the stroop? And you kind of say, well, you're sort of changing the goalposts to pick what you're allowing to to be the effect that replicates and doesn't replicate in order to kind of maintain this idea that if we find something significant and it follows our theory, that's great. If it doesn't, we're going to shift the goalposts slightly and explain it away in that way. Um, and that's maybe overly characterising or caricaturizing some people, but it, but it, it happens a lot,
1: um, and I think what we really do see is that, you know, if you actually try the replications, things that's supposed to be easy to replicate become incredibly hard to replicate. Yeah. For a lot of people.
0: Um, so within within this paper, um, starting way back in 2011, I think um, the Open Science Collaboration they. They picked a number of, or selected a number of articles from the 2008 issues of Psychological Science, the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, and the Journal of Experimental Psychology, Learning, Memory, and Cognition. Um, So I think out of some over 300, they whittled it down to 100 papers as a mixture of the ones that are eligible, the ones that... um, the ones that individual labs or researchers decided that they would like to try and replicate this effect um, whether it's because it was interesting or important um, depending on the paper itself um, i think one of the things that's really important is they didn't set out to replicate an entire study so much as focus on a single effect from that study
1: it's always the last so like Most for theory example theory. in jpsp it's, all, it's normally like four or five or three studies. And I think they, the default was that you'd choose the last one to replicate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, which I guess kind of makes sense in a way. You'd kind of hope that that's going to be the one that's built on the other methodologies and might be the most sound, but I'm also getting... Not quite glares, but...
1: <laughs> no, 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 I mean, there. there is a couple of criticisms that I have both in... Not criticisms, but things we will need to think about maybe further along the line in our discussion about that choice and the choice of journals and everything in that respect. But I think let's let's get into the meaty bit first and then I can have a rant later on.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Um, so one of the points as well is that the, the justifications for the inclusion and e- exclusion of articles are recorded and up on OSF, uh, one of the things this paper does really well is to provide everything that they've done. Um, so everything's open, everything's, I guess, reproducible in that sense, the script's available, the data's available. Um, and as for that, it kind of, as opposed to, so last week we talked about um, we talked about paper that sort of was advocating for open science and so on, but didn't quite practice what it preached. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. although this was kind of early attempts that makes sense. Whereas, um, this kind of collaborative effort really, I think kind of exemplifies a lot of the open science, um, reproducible practices that, that we really want everyone to uphold in an ideal world. Um,
2: Um, Actually, as you're um, sort of focusing on the reproducibility of of that, which I think is is great and it's very transparent and everything. But um, sort of coming back to definitions, (laughs) um, I think it's interesting that they're talking about the reproducibility of psychological science um, rather than the replicability. Mm -hmm. I think these terms get um, thrown around and, and muddled a little bit. Um, should we talk about that as well, maybe? Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, um, sure, go ahead. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I just, um, right, so reproducibility, as I understand it, is just being able to reproduce um, the results if you're given the data and, um, mm. and then the, and the, the script, I guess. Um, mm. Whereas replicability is um, a much more fuzzy concept, which is what I think they're talking about, though, right? So repl- replicability is whether or not you can replicate Something. Um, which I is... remember
1: seeing a slide somewhere where somebody put up four different. Yeah, we, last we were, September. There was an Oxford Reproducibility School, which we'll hopefully be hosting again this year. And somebody had a pretty good slide. And I remember that the first step was computational reproducibility
0: or something like that. I think adding computational makes it really clear. Yeah, but I thought like,
1: wow, that's so easy. Like, come on, you know, you just download, (laughs) you just get their data and their script and then you run it. And now I spent the last half year trying to computationally reproduce some of these results. I'm like, oh wow, things are a lot worse than I expected just a year ago. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm not sure about the vocabulary, but I'm not, I'm not a buzz on kind of vocab. I'm probably one of those people who just says reproducibility and replicability and just doesn't really think about the difference but yeah interesting that they use reproducibility
0: I think this is still kind of at the point where a lot of the discussions were being made about what we should turn things I think in um, in sort of computational sciences they define things very differently as well and there is that kind of crossover between the two um, which doesn't help to confuse everybody. But I think you're right. In this paper, I'd say they're talking about replicability rather than Mm. reproducibility in the computational sense. If anything, because I very much doubt that most of the 2008 papers would have provided (laughs) data and code. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a very different
1: paper if they would have, you know. Well, I guess you could have looked at both computational reproducibility and replicability if they would have.
0: Just to, just to really knock it out of the park. Um, mm. There is a paper that I'll dig out and we'll link to in the show notes that did try and examine the computational reproducibility of papers given, I think it was the code and the data, and even mm. then the authors had quite a difficult time, which I think is where um, some of these calls to include data and code as part of the review process for publication becomes quite muddy because then you almost need a separate evaluator or something to be able to kind of say this does work or this doesn't work and then that of course gets a lot more complicated. Um, So um, now talking about the replicability, um, there's also lots of ways that we could um, assess whether a particular result was reproduced so I think the the one that most people will think of is, do we get the P of less than 0.05, um, as with the original study? Um, it's probably worth pointing out that the of the 100 studies originally in this paper, I think it was 97% around about that. Yeah. Significant results in the first yeah. instance.
1: Yeah, it was a crazy amount. And I liked kind of halfway through the article, there was a bit of an aside, which was quite like the paper is really nice because it doesn't kind of judge anyone, you know, it's it's very much kind of just like, we're just going to replicate these studies. Um, but under significance and p values, they said that, um, however, original studies that interpreted non significant p values as significant were coded as significant. And then in brackets, four cases, all with p-values of under 0.06. So the classic 0.054 being classed as below no, 0. Equal, 0.05. No, like equal. Of z- yeah, 0.05. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: I think last week it wasn't even equal. It was below. That's where mm. my issue oh, came yeah. with it. It was cheating. cheating. <laughs> It's not even a rounding error at that point. It's just yeah. fudging your, day- your results. Um, I
1: just noted it with ha 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 on the <laughs> sidelines. So I thought I should read it out because I, th- I probably thought that was hilarious when I first read it. Um, but I guess like if the original studies said that those were significant, you
0: count them as significant. Yeah, well, And the a point they make quite clearly in the paper is that they're not... They're not sort of bashing the previous studies or anything like that so much as pointing out that there is obviously a publication bias within the literature, if anything, because all of these papers were significant. Um, And I guess they're selected partly because of that, but also because...
1: Top journals.
0: Top journals mostly only ever report significant results, I guess unless it's not the core result or the Hark result. Um, but anyway, so the so this paper is quite positive in that they want to evaluate how replicable it is, rather than sort of bash the previous papers. Um,
2: well, I think there's an argument to be made that um, replication is sorry. Um, yeah, sorry, I completely lost my, lost my thing to train of thought. Sorry. Well, <laughs>
1: we can we can continue talking <laughs> about that. It wasn't just p-values, but also effect sizes subjective assessments of replication teams and meta-analyses of effect sizes. So they didn't just look at p-values in this paper, which I found an interesting approach because naturally there is a lot of debate whether we should rely on p-values.
0: And it it feels like a more holistic approach, right? It's kind of almost getting at not every area that you could assess reproducibility or replicability, but it's not being kind of just constrained to is our p-value less than 0.05, Which I think is normally, so say within a, a multiple study paper, that tends to be the way that we produced our first study's result is kind of assessed, right? It's we got another significance, and that's kind of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess de- deciding on um, what makes a sto- what what means um, that a study is well, sorry, what it means that a study is replicated is um, quite difficult, and I, I guess that's why they're including all of these different possible measures to look at
1: especially the subjective assessment of did it replicate um is quite interesting because they say you know for more complex designs such as multivariate interaction effects the quantitative analysis may not provide a simple interpretation and so they just had a kind of well do you think it replicated or not and it shows how much scope there is also for debate you know oh what if one of these said it was replicated, you know, what would the author say? What should the field, how should the field treat something like that? It is a gray area often like has it fully replicated partially. Um, so that's quite interesting that they have such a wide range.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think, where some of the, I guess, rebuttals or critiques of this paper sort of tried to fight back a little bit as well was in that definition of reproducibility. So did they set up their confidence intervals in the correct way and all of that kind of thing? Um, one one comment i think it was uh richard morley mori um kind of made whether it was specifically about this study or not i forget but it's this idea that the original studies were so low powered that the confidence you can have in any any of the results is so varied the confidence interval is going to be so huge that whether you replicate it or not is kind of almost moot at that point because you've got such a range of variability that it's kind of hard to get any precision. It's kind of like comparing an extremely blurry photograph to one that is quite clear. You can kind of be clear about the clear one, but <laughs> comparing the two, you're never really going to be able to get a firm firm answer. Um, so before we take a quick break, um, we had a comment from Dominic Stroop, Stroop? sorry if I've got that wrong, um, who commented on the... Bayesian aspect that we sort of briefly mentioned in a previous article. So I'm curious how Bayesians might approach the question of did a study replicate?
1: We're all looking at Sophia now. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: resident expert. Like, Why are you looking at me? I'm not an expert. But I mean, I think there was a, a commentary on this, um, from I, people who did a Bayesian reanalysis of this,
1: right? Um, but we can now Google it. While we're <laughs> taking a break, <laughs> curveball. After the break, we'll address this.
0: <laughs> Catch back soon.
1: You are listening to Reproducibility, serving you discussion of important issues in science and psychology, one mug of tea at a time. Do you like the taste of our podcast? Give us a follow on Twitter at Reproducibility. Rate us on iTunes and tell other early career researchers about us. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach us on Twitter or via our email address, which is reproducibility at gmail.com. Over next weeks, we will also release some specialty flavors, small podcast episodes talking to a wide range of psychological researchers, especially awesome ECRs that we want you to meet. If you have someone you think should come on the show, send us a message.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back from the break. We are talking about estimating the reproducible or replicability, I think we settled on, of psychological science. Um, before the break, I was a bit of a douchebag and brought up Bayesian Analyses, um. Have you read the paper, Sophia? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: well, naturally not, because you gave me like two seconds of advanced warning and I don't have a time turner, <laughs> sadly. You everything
0: Bayesian. I just assume that you're the go-to. <laughs> <laughs> like, what?
1: <laughs> um. You're like the Bayesian machine, being like, "So, what do you think about this? What prize should I use? What should I do?" And then Sophia would be like, just giving you the answers. But yeah, <laughs> she's, she's only a master student, so we should give her
2: some slack. Thank you. <laughs> but I have quickly Googled the paper at least, so we can share the title of the paper that you were looking for. <laughs> right. Um, I think what you're talking about was the Bayesian perspective on the Reputability Project Psychology by uh, Alex Etz and a Dutch name, which is Joachim Try van der Kerkhoven. I, that sounds okay. I should it's be better at this after a couple of months in Amsterdam, right. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm just going to talk about something else now <laughs> Awesome um, So I think one thing that um, I think it's interesting is that um, Replication Is something that's um, Good to do And interesting to do right now Because it, it's kind of there to to show a problem And to encourage us to treat The, the symptoms of <laughs> the, what, Whatever is going wrong underneath But I'm not sure if it itself is actually a good um, problem solver or something to treat these symptoms. Um, like, you,
1: like that is quite a controversial opinion. So why don't you elaborate a bit more? Yeah,
2: no, I, I mean, I'm not sure if it is controversial
1: um, because,
2: right, so why does something not replicate? So, um, well, we, we don't really know, but I guess, you know, you could say the, the effect isn't there um, or we're, we're measuring things. Um, badly or noisily or the effect is there but it's it's super tiny and our tools aren't actually good enough to pick up on it right yeah um so that's kind of that kind of gets into this issue of measurement um that people like jessica flake have talked about quite a lot um so if our me- measurement is shit <laughs> <laughs> mm. and or what we're measuring is tiny then replications don't really mean anything either way um yeah, yeah that makes sense right but so like Replications are so important to to show that we have a problem and to encourage people to improve their methods and stats and maybe also their measures once they realize this. Um, right. Because if you're um, if you know that people might replicate your, what, what you're doing, you might be a little bit more um, careful with what you're doing. Um, well, and, and it might also dis- discourage people from looking at tiny things um, like I don't know what. It, what kind of effect it has that if you if you stand in front of a red wall mm. and ovulating kind of thing. Um
1: but but yeah, it's not, so it's not yeah, so, so
2: not not in itself, it's not it's not actually a solution. Mm. I think it would be interesting to find out what makes some what makes a study more likely to replicate than not. But I don't think replication in itself is a problem solver more, more than it just It just shows people, hey, (laughs) things aren't as great as you think they are.
1: Well, I think it is important for us to regularly replicate results. Um, I think it is a key part of of science. But yeah, naturally, it's not going to... Be solving yeah. a lot of the issues we have in improving our work. You know what what is at the moment is showing us that we are still in a critically ill condition, mm-hmm. and in continuing to doing so it will be important to monitor the health of our psychological science. But it's not like the medicine that is going to make us better.
2: Yeah, exactly. But but um, so you just said that um, regularly replicating things is something that's important to do for mm. for us to self for science to yeah. work, right? Um Yes, sure. But I don't think that's the kind of replication that's being done in this paper because none of the the things that didn't replicate here didn't replicate in a way that you can say is conclusive, right? Because it's it took the approach of looking at lots of different things to kind of, right? So that, I think this paper very much is a hey, look at all the pimples you've got on your face. Maybe or we taking should the temperature. You yeah, yeah. Or, or, or taking the temperature. That, that's a nicer way of looking at it. Exactly.
1: We don't. We are not a teenager anymore. Maybe we are. We are kind of. We are very. I young think we're clients. teenagers. I yeah. think it's pimples, not temperature. Yeah, and we're we're in that phase where we hate everyone, we hate <laughs> ourselves as well. Yes, <laughs> and everyone hates <thinks laughs> us as well because
2: we're kind of annoying and. Oh my god, the teenagers thing works so well because teenagers also massively overestimate their own abilities
1: (laughs) and do really stupid things when they're in big groups. Oh my god, pretty much. Okay, psychology is a teenager. (laughs) I hate teenagers though. Now I'm worried. Teenagers scare the hell out of me. I think you've
2: just got to start for a rant there right now. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, a <no>, rant <laughs> on psychology. Um, I thought about teenagers. No, 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 no. No on, no, on
1: psychology, I think that could work. <laughs> uh, I'm, I can't. It's, it's, Talking about teenagers will release all these things I've been trying Almost. to lock back in, t- in my mind, all these memories. So let's, let's talk about psychology, <laughs> not about so I teenagers. Think, I, I guess
0: the point that you're making is that replication's for the purpose of checking to see if a result just might replicate for the sake of replicating it is kind of not the point.
2: Well, I think at, at the moment it is, right? At the moment it is because it's... Um Cause, because people still don't understand, some people, I guess, still don't understand that there's a problem. But yeah. I don't think it's something okay. that yeah. Maybe like on
1: a general level, you know, it's good if we're doing things on like a really high level with a lot of studies because we see we can kind of take the temperature of our field. But if we take it on, just take these results for just one study, it's not going to tell us a lot about maybe the measurement was shit, maybe the power is bad, maybe there are other issues and we actually need to improve the quality of the previous studies before replication will actually tell us anything. Because, yeah, yeah it's the same with Richard Morey's point you raised earlier. Like, it's such a blurry photograph that, you know, we will never know <laughs> what it was showing in the first place. Right, and, and yeah. I think some of the replications that are done
2: at the moment are probably, arguably, in, well, would would in, in maybe not now. So right now I think they're, they're good because they're important. They're important th- um, ways of showing people that there's a problem. But maybe in a couple of years we'd look at um, a replication of a sort of blatantly silly effect as something that is a waste of resources, um, because it doesn't right. It, because there's there's no there's kind of no value in repli- replicating something. Yeah,
0: well, even not a, not necessarily a silly effect, mm. but just one that's measured so imprecisely, which I think again is kind of just yeah, no. But but also but also,
1: also, also something that is super unimportant, right? So but like, at least you'll stop people, you'll stop poor master students being like, I'm gonna do something about this because it's such a strong effect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yes. but it's kind of like resource management, right? If it's such a dodgy paper in the first place,
1: shut it down. Then yeah, kill just, it, burn or it.
0: Do do something else first. You don't like rather than spending an awful lot of time to collect twice as many participants as the original to see if it replicates. Maybe, maybe just burn it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but now we're else. going into
1: self-correction territory, and we can have a whole nother so yes. let's, let's another round. So let's ramp. maybe um, look at the paper. So
0: so let's cover briefly. Um, kind of the, the results or the main outcome of this study, which I think has been helpfully summarized in various um, article titles as psychology is fucked or... Um, <laughs> or oh, psychology is fucked or
1: psychology is fucked. <laughs> psychology is fucked. Just, just different, different th-
0: levels of tense on it, yeah. Um, different
1: amounts of, of
0: views. <laughs> in the- <laughs> yeah. um, so in in brief, I guess, you have the original studies in which... Near enough, every result is significant that was attempted to replicate. And the average effect size was around about 0.4. Um, so in the replications, the p-values are everywhere. That's figure <laughs> um, one, isn't it? This is figure one, so the p-values are everywhere. Maybe, uh, I think it was 36 of the original studies had a significant replication um, at p of less than 0.05. Um, and the average effect size kind of dropped from that 0.4 to around about 0.2 which I think is also a handy point for the people have begun to realise as well as a mixture of due to publication bias and so on um, that if you try and estimate an effect or a population effect based on the previous research you should probably just half that estimate just in case again it depends a little bit on The field and so on Um,
1: but like let's just like that graph figure one panel a you know that's a visualization of something being pretty wrong with how we publish our results
0: yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah exactly that um and this this is why i think again the replications in this sense are so important because and visualizations like this for the people that aren't interested too heavily in open science and reproducible research and so on I think if you showed most people this kind of figure and said look we've got a load of previous results this is what it looks like after people have tried to replicate it it's quite a nice nice visualization of it's not as simple as somebody found it once and therefore it's true um, so, so yeah and then I think the the next one that's quite important then it would be figure three where they kind of plot the effect sizes um, from the original kind of against the the replication attempts. You can kind of see there like it sort of looks okay for the ones that replicated based on the significant um kind of criteria. It's still not ideal. Um I think the correlation that they report is not okay. massively high. I think it exists. Hmm. Um, but even there we see that the vast majority of the effects go from again that kind of point 4 threshold to kind of fairly fairly distributed around zero just above zero which is not ideal when you think these papers were selected because they're either important results or influential results and this might well mean that um, Research that came after has kind of been built on shaky ground.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting to see that if you look at the non-significant replications, that they are m- very much normally distributed around zero. The effect sizes. So it's nice to see that you know statistics <laughs> works. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I guess you can see that this is probably not just a problem with us only publishing significant, well that it that's kind of the underlying problem that we only publish significant results in our field but also that you know it could well be that you were a researcher and you you're looking at a non-significant you're looking at a fact that isn't there but you get you know you get a kind of small effect in the positive direction and then you think you know oh i just need to tease it out a bit more <laughs> add in an extra control i didn't know and then yeah but i mean like that's what happens is that you know things are on this curve and and you you really need to look at and understand that you know there is random fluctuations in what effects you find and you you can't you shouldn't you know have other researchers degrees of freedom to kind of clarify that effect cuz you know that's that's really that's not just questionable research practice but that creates problems like these <laughs> here as well so i think you know this is not just showing us publication bias it's probably also showing us things like p hacking hawking um and other things kind of there. And I I, I don't know whether that they chose the fourth study in the, in each paper made a difference here, because I, I can speak from social psychology, but in social psychology, what you do in a paper structure in JPSP is that you would like take a look at the effect, then you'd kind of look at additional, maybe additional situations. And then normally the fourth is kind of a more goes and looks at like an additional moderator or like looks at kind of, a step in another direction, and I often find that those are the ones I have least confidence in, <laughs> because you don't really know how that got chosen, etc. So I think there is a lot of researcher of flexibility involved um, as well. That that can explain a lot
0: of this too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, so one of the other things that they they do, which I think is interesting, is split up their results by by the three selected journals um, to, I guess, try and get a rough idea of whether social psych or cognitive psych, broadly speaking, is kind of in a better state or not. And there's been some discussion about this elsewhere as well with... Uh, Cognitive psych people kind of slightly getting up on their high horse a little bit.
1: Well, it's like the previous study as well was like, oh, social psychologists are more likely to say that these practices are okay, and I think we do see that the replicability is is less as well. And there's been recent studies in kind of the ampps which the improvement. uh, I always forget what uh, advances of methods and psychological. Practices, no, and methods and practices in psychological science. Point for me, um, (laughs) where they use this paper as kind of a basis for looking at whether social psychology might just look at effects that that aren't Mm. as widely found. So that you know we're just more risky in choosing what we study because actually power couldn't explain such a big difference in replicability in kind of cognitive versus social psychology. But I think what we really need to recognize is that this is just a sample of a hundred studies. Um, you know, we we while this is the biggest attempt at replication, we can't use this as you know a sound knowledge base to build on other things. Especially because I think there has been a lot of slack um, given to journals like Journal of Personality and Social Psychology which is Social Psychology's main journal and you know taking that as an example of psycho- social psychological science might be interesting because it's our kind of most high impact factor journal but it could well be that the editing style in JPSB is very different from the editing style in the Journal of Experimental Psychology and that that could have led to differences as well so we can't really use this as like saying okay the base rate of replication in social psychology is definitely different from cognitive psychology because we have like a one sample situation where you're sampling two different journals
0: yeah um and i guess one of the things that we're seeing in things like journals that are adopting registered reports or kind of top guidelines open science stuff is that it's not necessarily the high impacts kind of of top-of-the-field journals that are taking all of this on board first. So if you're going to look at markers of quality in terms of open practice, maybe the impact factor isn't quite the right thing.
2: See, So then sort of coming back to the idea of um, a symptom marker, then actually medicine, it's like a similar thing, right? So you're kind of going, oh, actually maybe um, this this proxy of, oh, it's in a good journal doesn't Mm. actually...
1: Um, mean that it's going to be high quality high quality um, I think that's what something you recognize more and more you know I still find myself sometimes googling a journal and then being like impact factor <laughs> oh, but you know the, uh, I then kind of scold uh, myself
0: um, I'm glad you said you stopped yourself I like yeah. judged you a little bit there do you ever get invitations to like submit to journals and they have the impact factor in the headline or the title of the thing and I just immediately delete because no
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'm on a mailing list for a journal, which every week sends out kind of high impact papers, weekly roundup, and then send out a special emails saying that the impact factor had gone up this year. Um, so, yeah, but then I sometimes, I don't know, you know, if you don't know what a journal is, um, and you, like, I don't know, I, this controversial opinion, but... You know, it sometimes helps to put something in, put into perspective, but that's let's not get into that discussion. It's not a great
2: metric,
0: though. Right? No, no. But yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a either a paper or a blog recently that yeah. found a negative correlation between impact. Yeah, factor yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Quality, so, so. It's like
1: <laughs> n- impact factor is negatively correlated to replicability, but positively correlated to. Is it? I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely negatively correlated to actually the research being okay, which is a bit worrying, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so in terms of assessing the reproducibility of psych, I think, I guess we've kind of hit a point where it's like, it's a little bit fucked, but we don't know quite how fucked it is because either this isn't wide enough or they were maybe too specific about the effects that they looked at or so on, or it's only a hundred papers out of the hundreds of thousands that are out there. So. I
2: mean, I think, I think we can say that there's a problem for sure. Hmm. I think,
1: I think, I don't know. I think, yeah. A key takeaway of this is just, there is a problem. We need to address it. A lot of people are still acting like it doesn't exist, even Hmm. though, this is so evident which I think should be worrying us more but I think it's often kind of like you know that I don't always I don't always every evening look up at at the stars and think about how I'm just like a tiny dot in a massive universe you know like and I think that sometimes happens in psychological science that we just do our work and we try to forget (laughs) about the surroundings because like for us maybe it's 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 too worrying and you start thinking about you know what the hell are we actually doing for (laughs) others it's like you know I want to feel good about myself um and this kind of always we should just keep this in the back of our minds that there are just huge problems that we need to address um if you want to stay in science if you actually want to be finding out the truth and you know spend your life working on something that will actually make a difference at some point after after we are dead you probably should be working on improving psychological science.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess this kind of goes even beyond there's things wrong so much as just things don't always replicate. So we talk about being critical about the research that you read, whereas often I don't think we are anywhere near critical enough when you're planning research and reviewing research, especially pre, uh, let's just say pre-replication crisis for now. Um, I don't think there's anywhere near enough critique going into that and Mm. I'm guilty of this as well you kind of you read a load of research you put together a a research plan and a hypothesis and you kind of go oh well this found this and this found this and this found this and you don't really go back and go I think half of this was a false positive Mm. so how do I integrate that and I don't know how we can integrate that with our practice apart from being a lot more critical about things and I think that's where the replication is come in as well so you need some level of replication right to be able to say at least this was found in multiple sites and therefore we can be more confident that this result is or this effect is robust so
2: well yeah i mean so when when if you're talking like about one specific effect kind of thing um, yeah 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 well i mean i guess it's also just another thing of being yeah well as you say critical right um and not and not overestimating no, not, not over, Sorry, not overstating the um, the, the results, and um, yeah, just being cautious. And
1: um. like, you you need to build science on stable foundations, yeah. and this shows us that our foundations are, you know, have as many holes as a Swiss cheese. You know, and there's no way that we can be telling people that our science is high quality if. Hmm. If things happen (laughs) like this. Yeah. And I think a a very important um, balance we need to, that I find is really hard to take is saying, okay, how, you know, I still want people to fund research because I want to improve things and I think there is something really important about psychology and psychology should keep on existing as a subject matter. But looking at that, you know, the amount of money that's going down the drain every day, mm. the amount of time, the amount of effort and brilliant minds working on things that don't even exist is pretty much like depressing. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's kind of a rallying cry that our generation just needs to sort things out. Yeah, but right so like, when we're talking about waste of resources though, I mm. do think that it's exactly, that's exactly why we should also
2: make sure that the things we replicate are things that are we replicate for a reason. Mm. Um, so that yes, sure, sometimes that can be, a, like, at the moment especially, that can be effects that really, if we think about it, we're like, yeah, I wouldn't, you know. He,
1: I think it's like important, you know, like work like putting a dead fish into a scanner. You know, that was important because it shows how ridiculous some of our work is. But yeah, after that hurdle, we should- We shouldn't continue putting, right. putting yeah. salmons into scanners, yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's probably a nice point to end. I think a perfect point to end on. <laughs> stop stop when we talk about salmon, dead fish
0: in scanners. Perfect. Uh, Though, but
2: also you. it was great that we
0: did at one point yes, yes. great that we did at one point yeah. <laughs> um, thank you everybody for listening uh, we'll catch you next time